Hey, I'm Jeff Reed. <laughs> Greg Killian. <laughs> and I'm nearly died. And this is a from first to last podcast mini episode. Mini it's, it's pretty much what we do every week, but we're just going to keep it raw. Not a lot in it. Yeah. Uh, really little short bite for in between seasons. It's our first one, Craig. I know, exactly. Um, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling very virginal. <laughs> I'm worried that we're not going to be able to do this quickly. But well, let's see how we go. I know, exactly, because I just thought of something then. Yeah, that's a full tangent then. <laughs> so yeah. essentially what we're doing is we're going to try and, in our off-season, between season three and season four, we're going to have five little mini episodes that sort of give you something to listen to while yeah, we're on. Fun. We're having a break. We're chilling out, just sort of cleansing our palate probably with some YouTube videos before we hook into our season four director. Yes, I know. Which we can actually talk about it, Craig. Oh, we can, can we? So we're looking forward to Joe Carnahan. We're looking forward to Mr. Joe, Joe, Joe. And um, so we've just finished Sam Raimi. Joe Carnahan's coming next. So we thought a really good little tangent to go in our mini episode is to do a mini episode about a film that got talked about a bit in our intro to Raimi episode. We chatted it about... uh, a few times throughout the season. Yeah, sort of it, it comes up. up on the radar once in every while. So, John Woo's Hard Target. John Woo's Hard Target. And now, starring Jean-Claude, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Van Damme. Um, and so, Hard Target's this film that gets released. I'm just going to double and check. And Lance Henriksen. Oh, Lance. Let's not forget Lance Henriksen. That's true. And we, Arnold Wuschlu. Arnold Wuschlu. I was so keen to see him back again. Got oh, the man. ties with Darkman. I know. Yeah, man. I was he's um, pumped. So essentially, in the in the scheme of things for Raimi's filmography, Raimi's just finished making Darkman for Universal. Yeah, and so he's then the next year Hard Targets being released. Yeah, by Universal Studios. Now, what's really interesting, and I didn't really get it in the time frame um, when we were doing the season, was how much power and faith Universal had in Raimi at Darkman time. Yeah, exactly, man. It's there. There was he had a lot of allies, man. A yeah, lot he of did, allies. didn't he? There was a lot of faith being placed in him. So hard targets this this interesting Jean Claude Van Damme sort of at the the height of his Van Damness, you know yeah, that sort of. He's, he's he's Van Damme in it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, this is he. Yeah, he's going from um strength to strength. Yeah, I just had to double check just in case my facts were wrong. And this is three years after Darkman. So, oh, cool. so Raimi's sort of established. He's actually just re- released Army of Darkness as well. Oh, wow. Okay, so he's pretty doing pretty well for, yeah, for Universal at this well. stage. Um, so what happens is Jean-Claude Van Damme starts developing um, Hard Target as a film. <laughs> now, as part of him developing this film, he goes out and says, I would love John Woo to come out and do this film. Yep. John Wu at this time is an untested Chinese director. Yeah. Made a lot of Eastern films. Yeah. Has got a real name of himself in that martial arts circle. Oh, in, in that um, gung, gun-fu. Yeah, gun-fu, which is a, a, a term that was coined for his films, which is like martial arts. Yeah, the killers. It's it's a high, um, very high-level choreography. Yeah, yeah, but lots of gun battles as opposed to... Um, actual punching. Yeah, yeah, punching and kicking, all that yeah. sort of stuff, which Van Damme brings that in. So essentially Van Damme, top of his list of directors is John Woo. Yeah. Now, at the time, Universal are freaking out because <laughs> John Woo is a Chinese director. He's never done an English-speaking film before. Yeah. So what they actually did, and the rumour that we, why we've gone Hard Target as our first <laughs> one, and it's linked to Sam Raimi, yeah. was the rumour is that Hard Target was ghost-directed by Sam Raimi. Yeah. Meaning that at some point John Woo was removed from directing the film and Sam Raimi took over. 
Now, what Universal did was, um, from my research, is they were concerned about John Woo. Yeah. Um, mainly because he'd never done an English-speaking film. Which makes sense. So they asked Sam Raimi to basically ghost him throughout the process. Okay, yeah. And John Woo was told that if at any time that um, Sam Raimi feels you're not up to scratch on, or the studio feels you're not up to scratch on directing something, Mm. Raimi will step in and take over. And then you will continue directing and then Raimi would take over. So it's almost like having someone looking over your shoulder throughout an entire process. That's not hard at all. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible, isn't it? That's a horrible process, man. Yeah. And so, and you think back, John Woo, face off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like people just wouldn't dream of doing that a couple of years later. Yeah, exactly. So um, essentially what happens is uh, Raimi, now I don't know how much of the film he actually does. Oh, there, there's there heaps of Raimi chunk. flares in there. There heaps of Raimiisms in this film. And hey, I think along the way, uh, Raimi ends up going in to fight for Wu with yeah. his studio. So there's moments where they want Raimi to take over, and he says no. John Wu is a great director and goes in the bat for him. Yeah, that so sounds that sounds like Raimi. Raimi strikes me up as a like a cool, pretty stand up dude. Yeah, he's a pretty stand up guy. And so um, one of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so. Um, I don't know how much it is, but it definitely feels like it's painted with a Raimi brush, doesn't it? Oh, man, there's heaps of Raimi-isms in this film. And not all good ones. No. There's actually <laughs> moments in the film. And let's just... Um, I'll give a quick overview. We were going to do a let's just hear about it, but let's just power on, Craig. Yeah. Essentially, the film is about... It's set in the New Orleans. Yeah. And there is rich people in New Orleans who are paying homeless people. Yep. To be part of a game. It's a yeah, it's a, these game masters, Lance Hamilton and Vosloo. Yeah. Who basically they travel the world, but in yep. New Orleans they're some, they're in New Orleans and they yeah, they get homeless people with military experience. Yes. Um and they hunt them down. Yeah. So yep. essentially rich people are tired of hunting game. Yep. So they hunt people in this. Yes, exactly. And that's that's the whole thing. And I think, oh, I can't remember the name of the book, but there's a book about it that it's loosely based on. Oh, is it? Um, oh, wow. Like that's a really... A, that's a book old. A really old, go, the go most near. dangerous game. Oh, okay, cool. Um, well, Ernest Hemingway basically says, yeah, there's no greater pleasure than hunting your fellow man. Yeah. No greater <laughs> so, And I guess that embodies the film. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so essentially it comes down to someone gets, uh, a homeless man gets killed. Yep. And Jean-Claude Van Damme just happens to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, because his daughter, the homeless guy gets it, and his daughter, who's very pretty... Tries to find out where he's gone yeah, and stuff exactly. like that. Like a, like a last generation's Claire Falani. Yeah, she does, doesn't yeah, she? Is, I tried yeah, to the find beautiful out. eyes, eh? Yeah, but you yeah, disappeared. Yeah, I've got to say, Married time her. was not kind to her. Oh, really? I had a look. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but essentially, any <laughs> like any Van Damme film, he's at the right place at the right time, gets drawn into a mess of affairs, and then ends up kicking ass, taking names yep. to save the day. And having one of the most greatest mullets in history. Oh, man. I couldn't work out the whole film. Is it a mullet or is it just slicked back hair? Yeah, see, that's what I don't know either. You know what I mean? It's very... It's glorious, well, whatever, yeah, whatever it, it is. is. It's a perfect... It's a perfect um, analogy of the film itself. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what it is, but it's glorious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, I, don't, I don't think the movie's glorious. I honestly, yeah, I think it's... Um, I remember finishing the film and going, oh, fuck you, Jeff. I had to watch this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. yeah, so it's not glorious. It's very, yeah, business party in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's some great action scenes in it. 
Oh, there are some Wilson. And there's actions. some real John Woo moments, isn't well, there? Well, there's a beautiful um I don't know, and, and I've got to go watch Face Off again. I don't know yeah. if John Woo has aged well. Oh, I don't know. I've got to rewatch it again. The other thing I kept thinking was, is does it does Face Off get as bonkers with its settings as what Hard Target was? Because at the end, that big battle scene in the in the warehouse filled with like old carnival oh, things. But first, it's not a warehouse. First, it looks like a friggin' um. A it, treatment plant. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it's like, and then suddenly in one part of the warehouse, they decide to have a whole bunch of. They store a whole bunch of um, X friggin'. You assume that it's um from a circus or a carnival. Or, or, yeah. The what's New Orleans carnival? Oh yeah, Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. I you didn't sure, even put two and sure two it's together. From the Mardi Gras there. Ah, uh, I did think. I did think in it. There were a couple moments in the film that it actually felt like a really good version of Darkman. <laughs> true, very true, isn't you know, it? Like, it is, he he a, is a very dark man character yeah. of Van Damme. Yeah, 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 very true. Like that carnival thing at the end would not be out of place. The Mardi Gras warehouse but would not be out of place in Dark Man. Dark Man, one of the character, one of those Mardi Gras characters would have just started laughing. Yeah, as he went through a crazy phase. No, there would have been a drug that squirts out at some point. And they all would have gone into madness and it just been like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gotta say, we talk about this a few times. I'm really surprised for this film. Um, first thing that's really odd, I went to find this film. It was hard to find. Oh, right? very, very, very. Um, for us, I ended up having to get it off iTunes, which yeah. I'm like, gosh, I paid $12. Which is weird because th- there's Van Damme and Steven Seagal, Seagal films are always out there. Everywhere. They're everywhere, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was so strange. So on iTunes, it's an MA-rated film, which for here in Australia, you have to be 15 to get into a cinema to yep. see it or have a Guardian take you. Um then I saw it at the local um, shop that sells movies. Yeah. And it was R-rated there. Wow, really? But I don't know if it warrants an R-rating. I mean, it's nowhere near an R-rating. I don't think there's boobies in it. There's zero boobies or sex in yeah, it. Yeah, there's no gobble. Which for this, <laughs> no gobble. No gobbles at all. No, not even a half gobble. Yeah, I know, exactly. exactly. There's not even a love, um, love scene. Which is really rare for a movie of that time. Hundred, even with an Eastern director coming in, you think they yeah. would have been all over that. Which I respected him for that. You know what I mean? Because you know, you usually watch these movies where it's the action film, and then they end up getting together in the most inopportune of places. Yeah, go really, really. They would have been chased by someone to that warehouse the night before and yeah, did exactly. it in front of one of the Mardi Gras floats. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And Van Damme could have got to show his ass or something. Yeah, like Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Maybe he asked for it. That mullet just yeah, dangling that over his butt would have been beautiful. <laughs> would have been beautiful. <laughs> um, there were a couple of moments that I really enjoyed. The moments where, like, he does the whole slow motion kick of the guy off the motorbike. I on know the street. that broke your leg in half, man. Like seriously, <laughs> he's like he's hitting a motorbike helmet. Yeah. with a kick. Yeah. Oh, totally. Man. Brother drinks a lot of milk. Oh, He's man. got strong bones. He's got strong bones. Well, he does splits, man. Yeah, He does. He does do the splits. Have you seen that commercial of him doing the splits between yeah, two cars? Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, that's so pretty good. good. But uh, it, it's also a little bit... It, the, oh, there are some vicious moments in it, man. Like, remember, uh, Voshlu shoots someone with a shotgun at point-blank range. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, huge. His brain just splatters all through all the All over the windshield. Yeah, but I also that's love how... That's the poor dude that gets his ear cut off. Yeah. I also love that... Um, there's. There's not a single cop in New Orleans. 
Yes. Yeah. What is going on? You know what I mean? Like, it's so funny. You know, people are just... And they make New Orleans people to be out to be arseholes, you know? There's, yeah. There's some homeless guy running down the street going, there's people after me, people after me. And then suddenly they shoot an arrow and shit. No one gives a shit. Don't look at me. I'm partying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you really, there's a whole bunch of motorbikes chasing a dude, dude dudes down the street. Surely someone notices. They stop at the end of the parade. Yeah. And there's like three cars and motorbikes all with their headlights shining forward. And no one turns around and goes, Oh, that's weird. That's oh, what's weird. going on oh, here? He's hopping out of car and, and he <laughs> shoots people, and then not even a barely a cop shows up. Yeah, <laughs> apart from you know your your um that one cop who you know is going to die. Yeah, <laughs> who for some reason puts birthday cakes in a friggin' drawer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lit candle she puts in a desk drawer. Yeah, a lit candle. Yeah, and it, it, it's such a weird character building moment. Yeah, like you know, it's her birthday. So this is the cop. It's on the so set. this is like one of those moments that's lost in translation. Yeah, I assume so. Yeah, you it, know, like they probably would have hit the mark really well in an Eastern audience. Yeah, who were like, oh, it's a birthday. <laughs> oh, there's uh, wax on the cake. She's uh, yeah. gonna eat it anyway. She just puts it in the drawer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then does this almost like Chief Wiggum thing because the, the daughter of um one of the homeless guy comes in to do a missing persons report. And she goes, okay, well, let me do it. And then goes to start typing. And it's almost like, yes, I am typing it in <laughs> on my magical typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. There is the moment uh, Ted Raimi's in the house for the film. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. He pops up there. Pops up. Once again, he's one of the assholes ignoring everyone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, seriously. Oh, There's so many parts of this film where you just go, man, this is just horrible shit. Yeah. It came across to me as like, it's clearly someone who's never been to New Orleans before. Yeah. Oh, I've yeah. never been, but like at the same time, you know, it's like actually a re- <laughs> I didn't even put two or two together. It reminded me when I watched Mission Impossible Two for the first time. Yeah. Which is a John Woo film. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one minute they're in Sydney, then suddenly they're like talking in a, a like little shack in the middle of the outback, the oh, Australian outback. A- as <laughs> if it's like just a, a fifteen minute over. drive and you're there. <laughs> Um, it is. It's called Parramatta. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's yeah. It's so oh, what a weird little film. I oh man, crazy weird. Like how about um, they try to make this really sentimental connection with his um uncle. Oh, Van Damme's uncle. The weird um yeah like Creole great, fella. Yeah, great great actor. He's been in plenty of films, man. Um, but he all you all talk like you know it. Full talking like he's on the boulevard, you know. It feels like Waterboy. It feels like Waterboy. Waterboy. It's like it starts with him making his own moonshine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he pulls the shot. Oh, 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 on the bush. <laughs> it's me, Papa. You know, it's me, hey, hey, Papa. It's me. And, and one of the weird things is, is um, when they keep referring to that girl's father, they always get, oh, your daddy. Yeah. Oh, is that a bit? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's missing. She's missing her daddy. Oh, your daddy's not there. Yeah, my daddy's not there. Are you like really? Do, do you all these people like call him daddy? Oh, like really? It just seems so very strange. Yeah, I know exactly. It's just, so strange. Oh man, seriously, there's so many parts of this movie that are just strange. You know, and you just go, did I just see that? Did I just see that? <laughs> but then the strangeness really makes you question. Like, why there was no sort of 
sex yeah. or nudity in it. Yeah, exactly. It's just seems it's so of random. The time. Yeah, exactly. Of the it's time. It's like weird as. Oh, it's so weird, man. Look, remember how weird it is? Is when he goes in and you think he's gonna kiss her. Yes. And he grabs a snake oh. from behind the shoulder. <laughs> he goes, grabs a snake from behind that's about to bite her from behind the shoulder. Now, in one of the weirdest prop snakes in the world, oh because goodness. he's grabbing the snake, the snake has about probably about 10 centimeters on its neck, so it could just bend its neck and bite you, but not it, not this snake. No, this snake, it's, it's like, oh. He's got a slow motion. He's like, I'm going to make this bite really dramatic. Open I know. And then he bites off its tail. Bites off its tail so then, its rattler's gone. Yeah, and, and hangs it. So and then hangs it back on the tree so it drops on someone. Yeah, so it drops on someone. Someone doesn't actually feel it and, they, and it bites and it bites pretty hardcore. Bites very Sam <laughs> Raimi-ish. It does. It actually, that moment, I cracked up laughing because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is Van Damme does Home Alone in yeah. the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> and then another moment, he's on a horse. <laughs> Van Damme's on a horse So we go from chasing through the streets Trying to make it to the river Or you win $10,000 Blah 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 Yeah And then suddenly Van Damme's on a fucking horse I can't Do you know what's really odd I Like I'm trying to think about How long ago I watched this film Craig Mm. And um, I'm keeping an eye on the time Because I don't don't want people to be like Oh like A two hour version of Hard Target Um, Yeah no dog We couldn't go that far We couldn't We would cut it pretty short but um, like essentially, I can't remember the last time I saw it. But for some reason, I thought Van Dam was a homeless person that then got in on the. So did I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was homeless too. I thought he was Not homeless. Not just too. some random that just got drawn into someone else's drama. No, but I think he was poor because maybe yeah. he didn't have a job. So and he knew he was, all the veterans. Yeah, exactly. And he because and then he went for a job on the pier. Remember, he was meant to go out. Yes, in the boat. that's right. And the guy goes, "Are you part of the union?" He goes. No, in the part of the union, you know, because I heard you punch the other guy out, and you know, trying to yep. make him out as a knight and shining. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, what an odd little film it is. Oh man, it's 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 such a weird film. And um, there's so many, and there's good actors in this film. Man. Yeah, like Lance Henriksen is awesome, and Vosloo, who just shows up randomly. Um, one of the first times you see him, apart from at the start where they're hunting someone at first. Yep. You see him smiling at this big fat guy. So there's this big fat guy who finds all the homeless people for these. Um, yeah. And he's just this weird, wicked smile. And then you see him both. Then you see um, Vosloo and his first meeting with um, Van Damme, remember? And it zooms in on their eyes. Yeah, that was so like, it made me think of like Quick and the Dead and yeah, all those films. Yeah, they're very Raimi, man. It's yeah. so Raimi. I wonder though, in the in the context of Raimi's filmography, because we could just bash this film the whole yeah. time. Oh, we could, man. We could. Because <laughs> uh, it's not a great... It's not a great film. Um, I'm well, sure there are hard target fans out there. I'm sure oh, this man. has a cult following in some uh, weird yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. But in Raimi's filmography, do you reckon John Woo influences later films? So, like, if I look at his filmography after this, he releases The Quick and the Dead the same year? Oh, yeah. Very true. Yeah, yeah. So, if he's making... Well, Lance Henriksen is in Quick yeah, and the Dead. Yeah, true, true. And, well, I see, it left me questioning, does he meet people and take that to Quick and the Dead? Yeah, I reckon or he does. does he make Quick and the Dead and bring him into Hard Target? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, good point. Very good point. Oh, I don't know. That's a, Yeah, I don't know. So, it's really funny. In terms of his, his, his filmography, um, let's say we do, he does... Quick and the Dead. Yep. 
and then moves on to Hard Target. You know, again, if he's doing that, he's juggling two films at once. Yeah, that would just make sense. You know, because he's he's wanting to be a studio. Yeah, studio and then he goes director. on to do a simple plan and things like that. Yeah, exactly. And so, really, well, he jumps in for the studio again. That's exactly right. So it's almost like he's dipping his toes into really getting studio fired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So he's it, becoming a go-to boy. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. And so I find it really interesting because, like, I guess I wish I'd known this in the middle of the season where yeah. we've had sort of. Army of Darkness, Quick and the Dead, onto Simple Plan. Because it's almost like those quick cuts we talked about, the zoom in on the eyes and stuff yeah. like that. It's like those moments, if he's gleaning those off John Woo, they make so much sense for the Quick and the Dead. Yeah. Because oh, they sort of came out of nowhere for the Quick and the Dead. Oh, incredible. And we, we hearken to a spaghetti western there. Mm, yeah, exactly. And you don't see where the actual influence comes from. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, one of the crazy things about it is... And I keep thinking about it. It's Lance Hendrickson's boomstick. He has that little gun. Oh, yeah. That random antique gun that he only can fire one bullet at a time. So inconvenient and, when and, you're hunting someone. And the someone. bullet explodes. Yeah, yeah. It's like super high. It's like a 50 caliber, but in a smaller caliber. And it's one of those ones that breaks off into pieces once it hits something. <laughs> Just a boosh. <laughs> but you see some really cool John Woo stuff in there, you know? Oh, like, the cemetery scenes? Yep. Or uh, Voshlu and Dan Van Damme on the other, same side, on Different sides of the same wall. Yes. Go, yeah, yeah that. that was awesome. Yeah. That's very yeah, that's face off. Yeah, you know? that is well, that's the killer as well. You know, if you ever want to see the old on Chow Yun Fat films. But yeah, man, that was hardcore. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, those real John Woo moments. Mm. Like I, I went through a kick probably about this time where I just ate up anything John Woo. Oh yeah, man. Loved I just it. loved it. And because oh, he brought something that was just totally different from what you hundred percent man. You current like you said, yeah, he brought Did he make Con Air? Did he direct no. Con Air? No, I don't know. I don't think he did. Oh, I don't that's think really he did. Interesting. I'm gonna just do I'm getting on my phone, Craig. Don't judge me. No, no, that's all right. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, he done I think I remember he done the replacement killers over this? Replacement killers. Love Simon West directed Connie. Yeah, that's right. He, um I was just trying to do the, the he did face off and I can't remember what he did after face off. Let me find out for Because us, I remember yeah. Oh no, no, replacement killers wasn't him. But it was Chow Yun Fat. Chow Yun Fat. And was it a remake of, of the um Of Killers? Of nah. Killers? Nah. Interesting. Um okay, so he goes. Oh man, this is classic. So he just finished Hard Boiled, the the Chinese Korean version yep. of Hard Boiled, Chow Yun Fat, Hard Target, follows it up with Broken Arrow. Oh, really? Broken Arrow was the one that really got me into it. Yeah, yeah, Broken Arrow man was hardcore. Christian Slater's like last big film, really. John Travolta was at his peak. He was pushing out, man. Yep. Yeah. Super cool. Come walking away from a plane crash, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And all the birds that are flying <laughs> yeah, away exactly. and stuff yeah. like that. Face and you off. saw the birds in this one, too. <laughs> yeah, you yep. did. The pigeons slow yeah, the motion pigeons, away. Because yeah. they can't afford um, doves in New Orleans. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's too dirty. It's too fucking it? dirty and hot. Uh, face off and then Mission Impossible 2. Wow. I've not seen uh, Wind Talkers. Yeah, supposedly that's meant to be York. Nicholas Cage again. Yeah, Nicolas Cage again. He's not really done any English language stuff for uh, quite a while, though. Yeah, he's probably over it. So, yeah, he's gone back to doing um, things like Red Cliff and 
stuff like that. So it's a really interesting film. I think in the context of Sam Raimi's filmography, I I don't want to make assumptions, but I don't feel like it's a Sam Raimi film. No, no, no. But I think it's. I think Raimi. You can see Raimiism's definitely through it. Yeah. Obviously, his brother is a good yep. fucking indication that Raimi's around. Yes. You know, very because much I, so. I honestly think that Sam doesn't let his brother out of the closet unless no. he's there to supervise. <laughs> it does feel like you know. Spider Man Three feels like there is some gen- genuine uh, improv going on yeah. there. That's just like, oh gosh, I would have loved to see Bruce Campbell in this. Oh yes, Bruce Campbell would have been great to see him, and it would have been awesome if he just popped up somewhere as a veteran, yeah, homeless dude or something like that. Something cool. Just no, the dude serving soup at the soup kitchen. <laughs> 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 so good. Well. Craig, I don't really know how we're going to wrap these up. We're sort of, if you can't pick it up by now, guys, we're winging it. Um, I'm usually much more organized for things than this. No. But really, I think, listen, I didn't enjoy the movie. Oh, look, uh, honestly, <laughs> I, enjoyed I think this is a movie you watch if you're on a drinking thing with your yes. friend or something, or watching it stoned or something like that. But yeah, it's a fucking horrible film, hey? Yes. It's a horrible film. The fight scenes at the end are hilarious. Yes. Um, even he, he kills Lance Henriksen by putting a grenade in his pants. Down his pants. Down the down front his of pants, his pants. Man. That's after jumping through a fire yeah. in a large <laughs> kick to him and everything like that. Because <laughs> somehow so Lance Henriksen is this mad killer who just pops up out of nowhere. Yep. And just starts killing people and kicking people. <laughs> But he's look seriously. My favorite, my favorite part of it is Lance Henriksen. I think Lance Henriksen's so good. Jean Claude Van Damme, I thought was my memory. He was way better than he was. I oh, know. Um, you forget how corny. Yeah, totally. Um, he is. He is. Um, the again, the snake is just like one of those moments. You're like, what the heck? It's almost like well, this is going to sound. Can I have a little moment of grace just in yeah. case? But it's almost like the way that the character never got with the girl. Yeah. You'd find out some weird backstory that he was gay. Yeah. I know, it's Do weird. you know it's, what I mean? Like one of those weird, weird things that you shouldn't never you would never find out unless you read the press kit. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's you know, maybe you got his balls blown off in some other thing or, <laughs> or something of a lie. Just but it's so whole, funny. Like, like normally they would play at least on the fact that he had a wife that once got killed and that's why he doesn't want to get involved again, you know, that it's sort of weird thing. setup. So you don't know much about him apart from that he was um he did reconnaissance. He was a reconnaissance for um, the Rangers or some weird yeah, shit yeah. like that. But and it's funny that's, but the weird and it's also crazy setups. You know, like you know, the girl walks out and so two guys start to follow her. That's very Raimi-ish, you know. Because she's Spider Man. Because she's like, counting money yes. at, the, at the, bar. the phone. Yes. And she's got like hundreds of dollars of notes. Like again, who and does that? Two two guys follow her. Which then turn into four more guys. Yeah, they come out of nowhere. Yeah, which is very much like Kirsten Dunst in. Yeah, um, they're totally. Spider-Man. Yeah, the Spider-Man. where it starts with two people, and then suddenly it turns to like four people. Like, yes. where did they come from? Oh, what are those two guys doing? I think they're going to do something cool. All right, let's follow them. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, it's a, hey, hey, hey. I think it's on. It's on. It's on. Let's it's get on. in on it's this. On. I told you we could join their gang. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he's going to kick me. And then obviously Van Damme just kicks them all. Who's this mullet? <laughs> I'm getting beaten up by <laughs> They told me it was a party at the back, but I just got hurt. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's like what an odd little film it is. Hey, oh guys, go and watch it again. 
It's, worth, it's, a, it's worth a refresh. You're living up. Um, I think most dudes our age are living in this weird fantasy where um, we remember it as better than it was. 100%. This isn't it. This isn't good. This, this is like good. one of I, the... It makes me want to go back and watch Steven Seagal films and see if they're actually any I, good. I reckon we would be surprised at how many times we watched them considering I'd how I'd love to watch are. Under Siege again and see if it's actually... Cause it's Tommy Lee Jones, man. Get yeah. Can really I tell it. you a really odd thing? What? My nana... Is a huge Steven Seagal fan. Oh wow, really? My nana. Wow, that's random. She's Your like nana. in her eighties. Oh man, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so she's like got all his movies on the. <laughs> oh wow, that's weird. <laughs> that's so what, what, even when he got fat, like when oh you get into the like especially, <laughs> especially with like current films she's now. She's got it like all of the Steven Seagal. Got all these home like, videos with Vladimir Putin. <laughs> find out that um, the reason from first to last is like in my genes is because she's actually been doing it through Steven Seagal's <laughs> filmography all along. She's got, a, she's got her own podcast. So straight. <laughs> Nana Townsend. Slices and Steven. <laughs> Today I'm having vanilla slice and uh, <laughs> I'm watching Hard to Kill. <laughs> I would love that so uh, much. Anyone wants to get on that Hit me up. We'll put you on the Cinefools Network. <laughs> um, cool. Well, Craig, people should go out and check this out. Go hey? check this out, guys. Hey, it's 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 one of those movies that'll be fun to watch just for check, the laugh. Check it out. Hit us up. Tell us what you think. Yeah, not We're, really a Raimi film. Not as nowhere near as many Raimiisms as I thought. No. You can tell Raimi's just like. He's if there. anything, it sounds like yeah, he's directed a couple of scenes, but more he's just given advice to a director yeah. in a, in an English speaking world. Probably just being an ally to someone yeah, exactly, who yeah. needs a bit of help. Yeah, exactly. So, well, hit us up at FFTL Podcast for Instagram, Twitter. Yep, or go to Facebook where from first last podcast. Yep, have a chat to us. Yeah. Subscribe, check all that. Listen, if this is your first episode and you're listening to this, you're probably like. Shit, they talk fast. No. <laughs> <laughs> we would normally spend a lot more time analysing things and discussing the history of the film, all that sort of stuff, but mm. this is just a little little just teaser. Little, just a little teaser, yeah, Get exactly. in it. Just a little snort. Get excited. <laughs> so, Craig, next week, what are we checking for the mini-ep? Ash vs. Evil Dead. Oh, it's Ash vs. Evil Dead. That's yes. right, it is too. Yeah, we're going yeah, to do the first episode of Ash vs. Evil Dead That's season gonna one. That's going to be interesting as hell, So man. we're going to keep the little Raimi train going. Yeah, let's keep a little Raimi train going. I like you gave away one of our mini episodes as oh, well. Oh, that's right. People I will be excited. People know. <laughs> um, so we can't wait to, to drop it to you. Tune in. Do everything that's good. Yeah, exactly. Look, we, we might not even be the cube. You can see how improvised this is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this will be one of those I look back and I'm like so embarrassed over Craig. But anyways, good times. Oh, good times. Good times. Good times, good times, good times everyone. <laughs> so thanks for listening. For all of us here at From First to Last Podcast, I'm Jeff Reed. I'm Craig Gillian. We'll catch you next week. Yeah. <laughs>